Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Friday. That means it's time for another Full Draw Friday. This one is episode number 36. Last week I said 34. I think I put it up as 34 the first time. It was actually 35, so I screwed that up, but I got it fixed. Anyway, this one is 36. Today we're going to go back to the format we did last week. We're going to keep rolling with that. I haven't had time to get the sounders and all that stuff put together or segment names necessarily, but we're going to stick with the same thing. Hopefully you guys are liking that. And then we'll get out of here. We'll get into the weekend. We're looking forward to being at the BHA event tomorrow up at Lake Shelbyville. Uh, they're doing kind of a combined event with the Army Corps of Engineers and the Illinois S3DA, doing a bow shoot up there on a new course uh, that they've developed. So that's going to be really cool. We're going to be up there. If you guys are in the area, stop by, say hi, bring your bows and shoot, take a tour of the place. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. But before we do that, let's get through this episode of Full Draw Friday. It's number 36. So we don't have much on the deer activity front this week. It's going to be similar to last week. Although we're going to start seeing some deer shed their velvet pretty soon. A good majority of them over the next couple of weeks. So they're going to start to split up out of their bachelor groups here in the next couple of weeks. They're probably still in them right now, so you can probably still catch them on those bean fields coming out late in the evenings. We've got a little bit cooler weather, so they're probably coming out a little bit earlier. I've been getting some guys telling me that they've been doing some scouting, uh, seeing some deer just a little bit earlier than what we were when it was hotter earlier this year. So this nice little cool snap that we got coming this week should be good for that as well. So that's it on the deer activity front. That's going to be a better segment as we get into the fall and the season, you know, as we roll through October and we go through all those phases, and we kind of keep you guys updated on what's going on there. So for the legislative news segment, this one's kind of some good news for us here in Illinois. I mean, partially good news. Uh, as of August 9th, that's when this article was written, published anyway, Illinois re residents won't have to renew their fishing, trapping, or hunting license every year starting in 2024. A new state law creates a fishing, trapping, hunting, or sportsman's combination license that's good for three years. Uh, it was supported back in May by State Senator Neil Anderson. The three-year license won't be sold at a discounted price, so you're not going to get a discount for buying the three-year instead of the one-year. It'll just cost three times as much as your one-year license. So, you know, it's Illinois. They're not going to discount anything. They're going to get their money out of it. But that law takes effect January 1st. So if you guys are going to buy your, your hunting license for next year, you have the option, I believe it's going to be an option of the three-year license, which I'll probably do because, you know, I, I normally tend to forget that uh, unless I buy the, the early, unless I go in to get my fishing license early and I do the hunting combo, hunting and fishing combo license, then I, I'll forget about it until usually about September 30th. And then I go in there and I buy that and my permits or the night before I'm going to go hunt. But I got that all done early this year. Anyway, I'll probably do the three-year thing because that seems like a good idea to me. Why not just have it there for three years and then you don't have to worry about it. So I thought that was a good one, kind of a positive news. Last week we talked about some, I guess, negative news or maybe it's positive that the guys got caught in there and they're being uh, held accountable for it. Although, you know, the, I mean, it was a pretty serious deal. We talked about those guys from South Carolina facing up to seven years in prison for the CWD deal. So if you hadn't, go check that out in the last episode of Full Draw Friday. But today's was a little more positive, I thought, especially, you know, if you're in Illinois, looking at doing that with the three-year license, that'll be something that I think is going to be pretty handy. 
on to the habitat strategy slash hunting strategy segment. For this week, you know, I haven't put my cameras out yet, but I'm getting them all around. I'm getting everything ready, making sure I got cards, making sure I got batteries, making sure the solar panels are ready to go. Got some new cameras that we're going to be using. You got to get familiar with those. If you haven't put them up yet, probably sometime middle of next, well, around the end of next week is when I'm going to start looking at putting mine up, maybe like next weekend. I like to do it in the middle of September. That way it gives them two weeks where I haven't been in there messing with it, you know, especially cell cameras. And then I have them up. It gives them two weeks to before season starts to kind of calm back down if I bump anything out of there or, you know, leaving scent and going in there doing that kind of stuff. And I don't have to mess with it. So I'm getting all that stuff around now. So I'd suggest that if you guys are following the same strategy, make sure you got all your SD cards, make sure they're formatted properly, make sure you got your software updated if you've got certain cell cameras, make sure your batteries are good. If you're doing solar panels, make sure those are all working right. Your straps are all good for your cameras. The last thing you want to do is come down to when you're wanting to get them put up and try to do everything in that day, and then you spend the whole day getting your cameras ready instead of getting them put up. And then now it's it's another week or two weeks before you even get a day to put them up. I know how that goes right now. Everybody's busy. So then all of a sudden it's it's the beginning of October and you haven't got your cameras put up yet, so you really don't know what's going on. So if you're putting up cameras, if you're following the same kind of timeline as I am for the towards the end of next week, next weekend, make sure you're getting all that stuff ready. That's going to be kind of the hunting tip for this week. As for, I guess it's really a hunting tip too. I guess you could call it habitat since it's just trimming. But make sure you're while you're out there, you know, either putting up your cameras next week or this week, or whatever you're doing, or maybe you've got them put up already, make sure your shooting lanes are all good. You can double-check your straps on your stands while you're doing that as well, or if you're doing, like, mobile setups and you have places where you, you think you might go set up, make sure all your shooting lanes are still good, especially if you went and trimmed them, you know, earlier this year, back in the spring, or even late winter. You're probably going to have to do less than some people like me who haven't trimmed anything yet in certain places, but make sure... Those are all good because, again, you don't want to be doing that stuff the first time you climb up in the stand and making all that noise. So be sure you got all your shooting lanes trimmed up. That's the hunting tips for this week on this episode. Now on to the North American Whitetail segment. And this week we got an article out of North American Whitetail from their latest issue. It is by Glenn Helgeland. I know I'm probably butchering that. I've never seen this. This guy's name in here before. I'm, he's probably wrote some articles. We just haven't used any of them. So we got a new guy on here, a new article from a, a different author this week. So that's kind of interesting, maybe. We generally pull from, seems like, three or four guys pretty steadily. You know, Clint McCoy, Steve Shirk, Dr. Kroll, those those guys, Josh Honeycutt. So this, this is a new one for, for us here. I haven't, I haven't seen this name before. But he's talking about water holes. He's interviewing a guy. Uh, that has had a lot of luck with put in, putting in watering holes. And I won't go through the whole the whole article, obviously. And the beginning of it is a lot about how he sets them up. And, you know, you, I think we've talked about it on here quite a bit in the past. But if, if you're looking to set up a water hole, basically you can get one of those 100-gallon troughs, dig a hole, put them in there. Um, he's talking about here he digs a hole and he puts down like a pool liner and puts in there. It just, you know, keeps the keeps it from washing away, keeps the dirt from keeps the dirt from soaking up the water, that kind of stuff, keeps all the roots and all that out of the bottom, you know, from coming up and and being in your water like that at the bottom of it. Throw a stick or something in there if you do do like the the deeper holes. Put something in there where if a raccoon or a possum gets in there, it's easier for them to get out. That way you don't have dead stuff in your water and all that disease and whatnot. 
that the deer might have to deal with, or they might not use it in that case. So that's kind of the how. Now he's going to the where, and that's where I'll pick up the article. He says, I pick a stand where I think I'll catch bucks running, especially early in the season, and needing water. So, you know, early season when it's hot, everybody thinks about them needing water then, so that's a good place to have them. He also says this works for rut timing, too, with all the extra moving they do, and that's one that we hit on a lot that I think gets overlooked. All the extra running around they're doing, they need extra water during the rut, so that can also be a killer spot to be set up next to water during the rut. So if you're going to put up, put in a watering hole, that's a place you could look at somewhere where they're going to be running those ridge tops during the rut. He continues here. It says two places Tom does not dig water holes are in oak areas, particularly white oaks, that are good acorn producers, and wherever there are crab apple trees. Uh, Tom says, in quotes, crab apples are like magnets for deer. Near acorns and crab apples, I don't need water holes. And that's need right there is the big word on that. A lot of guys dig water holes around their food plots. To me, a watering hole is is kind of an attractant, especially after they find it and they know it's there. They're going to move to that to use it if it's in a good location. So to maximize the your property, you can have a water attract attraction, this watering hole, and you can have your food plot separate. That way you're not wasting two places that they might come to at different times in the same place. So now you have a stand where you can go sit them for water and you can go sit them for food and you can set up them up for different winds and things like that. So you're kind of uh, maximizing your property in that way where now you're having two separate attractions instead of just one right there together and now you've wasted one or the other. So that's that was a good point I thought he made there. And it goes on and says he digs about 10 yards off a trail and keeps them in brushier areas because deer feel more secure in this setting. Tom prefers to dig water holes about 20 yards from his sand. So that's the same same thing we do with mock scrapes. And now I will set up a watering hole or set up next close to a little pond if there's a natural one there and still put a mock scrape because to me the mock scrape is not an attracting. It's just a reason for them to come into bow range. So you can do the same thing with a water hole, even though it is more of an attraction for the deer. But again, back in the woods, on those ridge tops, near trails, somewhere where you don't have that food attraction, somewhere where there's not a bunch of white oaks or crab apples because they're going to go there anyway, and somewhere where they feel comfortable coming to it in the day. That's what he's talking about with those brushy areas and them being comfortable. They're not necessarily going to want to come out into a wide open field to drink water in the middle of the day, especially mature bucks. But they may do that when they need a drink because they have to drink water. They may do that during the day if it's back in a secluded area, you know, in the timber. And that's where I, if I'm making a man-made water hole, I'll do that in a timber set situation. So that's the... North American Whitetail segment for the week. And the last one we finish up with is the question of the week. And this one, the guy says he planted his food plots early this fall. So he did the Nebraska plot. He planted them early. He says, I've got nothing growing. I planted them in the first week of August. It's now the end of August, and I don't see anything germinating. What can I do? Should I wait it out and see if anything does come up, or should I plant again? If so, what can I plant? That was a really good question that I saw on one of our Facebook pages. In my opinion, if you've, if you've gone four weeks, and it kind of depends, it kind of depends on if you've had rain or not. What has the weather been like? If you haven't had any, was there moisture when you planted them? How deep did you plant them? All that goes into why they may or may not come up. So if there was zero moisture when you planted them and you haven't gotten any rain, it's possible that they're still sitting there. I would wait till you get a decent rain, at least up to the last week of September, and then see what happens. See if you get any germination after that. If it was wet when you planted them, if you had good soil moisture, 
even if you haven't had rains or if you have had after that, and now you still don't see any germination, maybe you got those seeds too deep. Maybe your seed wasn't any good. Something went wrong. If it's been that long, like we're looking at four plus weeks now, I would probably go in and try again. Now, we're still not too late, at least here in southern Illinois. You can go in and plant brassicas again, try those again, and see what happens. Maybe do something a little different this time. If you if you disked it last time or tilled it, and you and it was pretty powdery or something, or you know if you had big big ruts in it, and you went out there and planted, and then you rolled it or cultipacked it, it's possible that you got your seed too deep. Uh, if you drilled them in, maybe try a different setting on the drill. You know, maybe you're thinking you could get them a little deeper to get to the moisture. Those brassicas really don't need to be more than a half inch deep. And a lot of times we just broadcast them right on top just to keep from having that issue. And seed to soil is really all they all they really require require to germinate. So try it again. You know, at this point you still have time for that. If that doesn't work, or maybe you're a little farther north and you're getting kind of closer to your first frost, you can still go in with winter rye. You can still go in with oats. You can still go in with winter wheat and have success with that. Those are always good backups, and I've planted those here in southern Illinois up to the beginning of the second week, end of first week of October, and had successful food plots with winter wheat. I mean, you look at farmers that are planting, they're selling their corn late, and they're planting their winter wheat. They're doing it, you know, up into November sometimes. So you have time to save your food plot. Just it all depends on those factors that I talked about, what maybe the next step should be for you. So good luck with that. Hope it works out for you. Um, Hopefully you're tuned in to catch that. And if you guys have questions for that segment, feel free to send them in through the website or our email, ridgehunteroutdoors at gmail.com, and we'll answer them for you. And then if I got a name with it, I'll I'll mention whoever sent it in, uh, and then I'll answer your question directly. So I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Don't forget about our partner for Full Draw Friday, and that is Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for ground to manage and hunt, maybe do some of this stuff on Maybe you want to put in water holes, but you can't because you're leasing ground or you got permission property and they don't want you digging holes. Maybe you've always wanted to own a piece of property and you finally got that down payment saved up. Or maybe you have a piece of property, you're looking to downsize or just get into a different one and you want to put it on the market. Rodney's going to be the guy to talk to in any of those situations. He actually sells recreational property as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Uh, he's lived in Southern Illinois his whole life and he's been hunting and fishing in this area. So now he's putting that love for the outdoors into doing his job now with Midwest Farm and Land. If you guys haven't heard of them, they're not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors. He's got products from Radix Blinds. He's got the hard-sided and soft-sided blinds. He's got blind chairs from them. He's got camo dust which is a a sin elimination product and he's got tacticam trail cameras so the ever popular tacticams he's got them he's the guy to go to to get them Uh, he's a local dealer so if you guys are in the area and you're looking for tacticams you don't want to go to walmart spend your money there help out a local guy go buy them from him i know you guys are all about your tacticams so rodney's got to talk to for that too if you have any questions about what they do have or you're interested in any of that stuff Check out their Facebook page. You can send them a message through there. It's RG Outdoors. You can also email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Don't forget about our socials, Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Instagram and Facebook. We've got our Facebook group, RHO Podcast Patrons. Join that. You get some exclusive content. You get the opportunity to ask our guests direct questions. We're going to do some giveaways in there this fall. 
Go check out that Facebook page, RHO Podcast Patrons. Also, our website, richhunteroutdoors.com. We have scents on there, all natural scent products that are going to be in stock again here in the middle of October, maybe into the first week of October. We've got apparel on there. We've got food plot seed. Any of that stuff that you see you like, use the discount code FULLDRAW. That's all caps, no space, and you'll get 10% off everything in your order. Leave us a review. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really appreciate that. It actually helps us out, and it doesn't cost you anything but a couple minutes of your time, if that. Also, the YouTube channel. I've been talking about the show that we're going to have this fall. We're getting close to nailing down a name as soon as that. As soon as we decide on it, come up with the logo, the artwork, and all that stuff, I will announce it. We'll bring that to you guys. But to make sure you're one of the first ones to see it, go hit the subscribe button and the notification bell on our YouTube channel, Rich Hunter Outdoors. We've also got videos from myself at the cabin, Nate with his plots. Hopefully, if we can get over some difficulties there, getting them arranged how we want them and sent back and forth. And then Jeff's got some videos coming out, too, on his vlog and a couple different things with some rubbing posts. So be on the lookout for that on the YouTube channel. Other than that, guys, we're looking forward to being at the event tomorrow. If you're up there again at Lake Shelbyville, stop by and say hi. That episode will be coming out Monday, so stay tuned for that. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in again this week.